fuck, I forgot. I'm not, I, don't, I don't need to intro this at all. You're not going to get, like, the sickest cold open of all time? No, no, no. I mean, maybe <laughs> we'll just, like... Depending on, on what we get... You've been recording this whole time. Maybe I'll, I'll loop in some of this. Okay, this is the third time we've talked about this. Um, so I was sweet. thinking, these just keep getting better. So why don't we just, like, from the top... Just we'll... keep 50 and then 49. That's right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. All right, so my number 50 is the fuzzies, which I just got in right, right. today. <laughs> This is the bus. You're listening to Drop the Dice. All right, let's get back to this. Just saying something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, you guys ready? Yep. We're good? Yep. What's up, everybody? This is Ben from www.dropthedice.com, and we are back doing our top 50 board games of all times. I have with me two of my very best friends. I've got with me the newest member of the Drop of the Dice team, which, fair enough, he is our founding fucking father. Uh, he is <laughs> guy on the street. Guy's always got a bevy in his hand. Alfie, what is going on? Cheers. What's going on? Yeah, you know what? Next time, I'm I should finally consider a founding father. Thank you. I think. I think. There I you was, go. I, should, I gotta I, work that in. I think it was my. It was my. I'm the one who said we should call it Drop the Dice because it was back when. Uh, Vince, you'd always like chuck a dice when someone would tell a funny joke or whatever. <laughs> That's and right. So you would, you would like, so someone would like tell. Oh, people, I forgot about throw that. The dice down, and, be like, ha! and then we were like, oh, like drop the dice. Like that's sick. <laughs> Do you guys remember what my original name for this podcast was going to be? No. I don't know if I do. Uh, that voice that you're hearing is my trusty cohort, my flyover correspondent and my head of R and D, Mr. Rico Wasman. Um, at one point, I wanted to name it Punched and Bagged. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. That's still the password to something. That's actually that's actually not bad. Is it the password? It's, it's the password, right, to the email? I d- well, no, not anymore. Um, it used to be. It originally was. Uh-huh. I've used it as the password it for like, other things in my life, though, for sure. When it's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll change your password. Like, it might be my password for work right now. I don't know. With some numbers tacked on. We'll it, it, you, should, you should snag that URL because it's a pretty good board game podcast name like someone's gonna want it it is and like i think about it being kind of controversial but i think of like wait shut up and sit down is like kind of gnarly yeah or um rtfm the guy who like works with rado now oh i did have to google that one it's read the fucking manual oh wow okay (laughs) yeah which is like not a thing pretty aggressive stupid yeah it's pretty aggressive (laughs) from um this like nerdy looking white rado yeah, especially after how much apologies that guy's been making lately. Uh, anyways, besides the point, we're not we're nowhere near that community or that popular. Uh, guys, we are doing our thirty through twenty one. I believe this would arguably be the halfway point. Uh, yeah, almost. Right? Yeah, yeah, the close. the halfway. Yeah. Uh, halfway I got some sexy point. stuff I'm going to talk about. I'm going to start right off with something that I love near and dear to my heart, and I think I'm the only one who likes this game besides Z Man. Uh, my number thirty is. Fallout, the board game by Fantasy Flight Games. I love this game. I love the video game. I love this game so much. I think, despite what everybody says, it does a great job of distilling 
the feel of the video game into a board game. You're traveling around the wasteland, you're trying to do different missions, you're siding with different coalitions, and depending on what you do is gonna affect how you win the game. The game takes forever, but in the best way possible. Like, you just feel like you're living there, which is what that video game is. It's not a game that you go in, punch in 10 hours, and you're done. No, you like spend days. Uh, I think me and RC jumped into 76 and clocked 150 hours on that game just in a, in a couple months time. Wow. That's what that board game is. Like, the board game's going to take you four to five hours to play. Probably, maybe four hours. Less than Mystia. I promise. <laughs> so it's a breeze in the park. It's then. a breeze in the park. <laughs> um, and there's not a lot to it. There's some tiles, there's some cards, and I think just the way that it all works together... Uh, it is a little fiddly at first, but once you get it, the, the it all really, really makes sense. You know, you can upgrade yourself, you can buy different weapons. Love this game. I'm pretty sure neither of you guys have played it, so I'm assuming I'm the only one here. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you say that you're the only one who has a game, I, I get ready to boo. But I can't boo you when I haven't played it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's a long game, and it's a tough sell. Like, it, like um, Z-Man luckily hates the Fallout universe, but loves this board game. Um, but I think for most people, if you love the game, you'll it's probably fine. like the board game. But for me, it, it hits. To be fair, it was my number 10 of all time in 2018, so it has dropped a little bit. But my number 30, Fallout. Alfie, what do you got at 30? Cryptid. Nice. Which is one of my favorite, like, pure deduction games where, you know, you kind of got to do that logic puzzle in your head. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just so much fun. It's there's nothing to it. There's no theme so much whatsoever. It's like literally you're just sitting around placing cubes and, and, and stuff on a board. Um, but it's just yeah, I just I really, really enjoyed it. I think I have a deduction game in like every single ten almost uh, of uh, um, this top fifty. But it's just like yeah, it's just a blast. I, I really enjoy um I really enjoy Cryptid. Cryptid's great. Finally introduced it to RC and he loved it. I have not introduced this to someone and them not love it. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Rico, how do you feel about Cryptid? I like Cryptid. Wait, wait. I, you, I, I, I like another game that is the same thing. Better. Right, okay, that's what I'm saying. You like, you like that other one better than <laughs> nice, this, right? Nice. Okay, what's your 30? Is it your, is it your number 30? It's not my number 30. That'd be pretty sweet. Make it your number um, 30. Yeah, I should, right? Number 30, Zendo. 30 best game of all time. Okay, so in When I Dream, you, one person wears a blindfold and then you have all these cards with this little plastic bed. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not When I Dream. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just staring at, uh, at Alfie to see what his reaction was going to be. Yeah, was, no, it's was, just boring ass trading in the Mediterranean. The <laughs> um, okay, so... My 30 of all time um, is Concordia, which is nice. just boring trading in the Mediterranean, but it is the most streamlined, um, elegant game probably on my whole list. There's like five cards that you can play throughout the whole course of the game, and one of the actions that you do lets you buy new cards, and they are just cards with the same five actions on them. Um, but the reason you would buy new cards is... Um, those give you scoring opportunities. So if you're going into one strategy, you might be buying cards that are then giving you what you're going to be uh, scoring. But it's super, super simple, 
super elegant. You're building trade routes, you're collecting resources, you're taking your cards back into your hand, um, and then you're playing board state against all the other people. And that's uh, it. Uh, go ahead. I, I feel like if I... This is one of those games where I just hear about it all the time. I'm sure if yeah, I played it, here. it would be in, somewhere in this list. Yeah, I... It's one of those ones. I, it is kind of hard to get someone to play it if you haven't. I mean, our lists are full of like plastic and just really exciting, alluring games. And mm -hmm. you know, you really do plot this thing out, and like it doesn't look bad, but it looks, it's it's simple, it's plain, it's not gonna wow you with any like shininess factor. But it has a satisfying puzzle. Who's the designer on this one? Matt Gerds. Okay. Oh, it is Bankers? And there's yeah. no Rondo? There's no Rondo. No. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, all right. My 29 um, is maybe my only Martin Wallace game, which, oh, no, it's not. I have multiple Martin Wallace games. But I have quite a bit of Martin Wallace in my collection, and it is uh, Brass Birmingham. Oh, man. This is another one I would love to play. I want to play this every time I come to Arizona. Um. God, dude, you keep saying that, and we keep. I'm like, I'm at like three games <laughs> that I promise you that we're gonna play next time I see you. Yeah, and you always at least me Carnival of uh, Monsters instead. <laughs> Yo, that game is oh, still. Shit. That, game, <laughs> that is my number. It's coming up at twenty five. Rico, Rico um, no. side side story real quick. Rico, so I moved away twenty eighteen. He's had Carnival of Monsters since. Probably late 2018, early 2019, and every single time I've come to Arizona—that's the lie. No, 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 no. Every no, time no. at the last I saw it at Gen Con. I bought it after. Gen I bought it after Gen Con. So with three times, three to four times of me coming to Arizona, every time I would tell, say, I would say like, "Hey, uh, let's get together and play some games." Like, "What? What do you want to play?" Or whatever, and he would give me a list of like four or five games, and every single time Carnival, Carnival of Monsters was on there, and I was like. Why do you keep giving me the reject? <laughs> Clearly, no one else wants to play this, and so like otherwise you play with Z-Man. You, you played this. What do you think? Real quick, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's a it's like a six point five, maybe seven, like on a good day if you dress it up and take it out to brunch. But like, meanwhile, not not when you see the guy like three times a year, and you could be playing brass. Yeah, <laughs> meanwhile, brass Birmingham <laughs> sitting on a shelf, and he never offers that. All right, Brass Birmingham's the updated Brass Lancashire. It's got a shiny new code on it, thanks to Roxley. This is a sexy game that adds beer to an already perfect game. This is a thinky Euro. This game, I put, me and Z-Man played, uh, after a while of not playing Euros, played Founders and then Brass back-to-back. -back. Wow. And I remember after playing Brass, Z-Man was like, um, that was maybe one of the best games I've ever played. Next week, can we please not play anything like that? <laughs> and, you, I had to take Alfie, a nap remember, after I played brass. Alfie, remember there was one day me and you played Asgard and then Madeira, and we both were like, "Let's not talk tomorrow about board games because my brain fucking hurts." Yeah, that that was a. That, I remember very specifically having to go to law school the next day and being like, "I don't know if I should be here. Like, I think I need to go home and like take a take a day to just sleep." Yeah, and like I miss that feeling sometimes because we get caught up in these Ameritrash or these like simplistic games or these streamlined games, and sometimes you want to play something like Brass Birmingham or Food Chain Magnate. Um, anyways, that's Brass Birmingham. Rico, you played this one, right? I played the original Brass. Okay, because oh, you haven't played this one. So no, I haven't played the new ones either of the new ones. So my my Brass. 
Yeah, my, I, I I have Birmingham. <laughs> I just haven't played it. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, but back when we played original brass, it has loans. It's a little more cutthroat. Um, we we took naps afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, my my twenty nine can probably be faster because I assume it's on at least one of you guys' lists higher, which is Argent the Consortium. I've been kind of wavering on this game over the years, um, but as it's like settled and I've reflected, I really like it. I mean, it it hits a theme that I think is really fun to play. Like yeah. basically Harry Potter. Agreed. And you're attacking your fellow students and competing for spells and wizardry. And like, it's fun, man. They did a great job. Yeah, I love RJ. I mean, we can talk about it later if you guys want. But Alfie, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to talk about it later. I think it's a, I think it's a blast um, to play for sure. I agree with everything you said. See, so what's your so what's your 29, Alfie? My 20 what 28? Oh, 29. Oh shoot, I didn't realize. 29. That. Uh, my t- ride the rails. I, I actually like this nice. train game. Um, not enough for it to come near this list, but yeah. I like this a lot. But um, I was introduced to the Cube Rails with Irish Gage at, <laughs> yeah, yeah. at Bus's wedding. Um, Ride the Rails is the second in the Capstone Iron Rails series. I do think, I will say spoiler, I think Ride the Rails probably will get taken over by Iberian Gage, the new one. Um, we played that, and that was so much fun. I really, really enjoyed that game, and I think there's even more depth there. Um, so I think that will be, but it's like I think it's like streamlined and like very easy to teach. I think that one will overtake Ride the Rails someday. But I just love this idea of um, like shared incentives uh, to work together, but still trying to find your own way. Um, and I want to teach this like anyone I meet. It's so much fun. Is Iberian Gauge heavier than both of these games? Technically, yes, but I think Irish Gage is right. probably the most, like, um, the the least intuitive. I think Iberian Gage and Ride the Rails uh, Rico, are both intuitive. Rico, what, what do you prefer between Irish and Ride? I, I I played both with you. I can't wait till like there's five of these out and we can just play all of them back to back to back yeah, in one day that. so that by the time you hit your like three your third or your fourth game nobody can remember the rules <laughs> for which game you're playing <laughs> very true that's what i want to do <laughs> all right uh sweet dude i love ride the rails I, I think it's a great game I, a lot of fun i think i still have some trains of yours rico somewhere around here uh, i definitely have some pieces from say nice. confluence um okay my 28 cryptid Nice. Fuck yeah. Deduction, deduction, deduction. Uh, good for everybody. Everything that Alfie said. I love this game. It's two spaces higher, so whatever. Um, uh, the one thing I'll add is that I remember when this game came out, I was really excited about it, and a lot of people were saying it was really cool. I was not ready for the meteoric smash it would make on the game group, where along with Colt and Seasons and all these other games, it has risen into this realm of like what can you play when you don't know what else to play but you got like 30 minutes um i love that about it that we can just pull it out boom play we can even pull it out teach it to someone and play it in 30 minutes and and i think super great game i think i think what's so cool with what you're just saying is like it's not a 30 minute game that's like a vi or hand of the king or something like that like it's it's a 30 minute game that like there's a little bit there you know there's enough beat there that you know it's like no, you feel you feel fulfilled yes. afterwards. Yeah, you you're right. Like you play I love Henry the King, but you feel way better after this. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Rico, twenty-eight. Nice, twenty-eight. 
It's not at 30, but it's at 28, y'all. And that's Zendo. <laughs> yes! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. All right. <laughs> All right. You bet Zendo. Okay, that's cool. So, Zendo is, I think it's the oldest game on my list. My BGG says it was uh, published in 2001. Wow, nice. Um, which is pretty sweet. Uh, it's basically like Zendo, and somebody has to make a little pattern, but you have blocks of different colors, um, triangles of different colors, and pyramids of different colors. And the blocks will have a rule on it, or the cards have a rule on it that you have to follow. Um, so it might say, like, no pieces inside of another piece. So then you build a couple of structures in front of you that uh, don't meet that rule, and then one that does meet that rule, and then that's what you let the players out with, is they just have those structures that are telling them this structure does not meet the criteria of the rule, and this structure does. And then players just go around and they're building structures and testing them. It's like this little logical testing puzzle. Um, and you as the uh, game master, whatever it's called, you get to build structures to refute theirs if they think that it's right, but you know, some little nuance makes their rule incorrect. Um, it's fun. I think the only thing that's frustrating is there's some there's some strange um, orientations of the pieces that you can play with. Like there's an actual uh, designation for a piece called weird, which is like if it's not laying flat or up, you know, perfectly vertically uh, vertical. If it's like at an angle or something supported by another piece, that would be considered weird. And so some of the actual rules that you're trying to build structures to follow are just themselves odd. And it can make it can make it hard to like figure out what it is you're supposed to be looking for. Other than that, I think it's a blast. Sweet, uh, Alfie, twenty-eight. My twenty-eight is my first cooperative game on this list, and the only one I think of is like true cooperative, and that's Burgle Bros. Oh, nice. Yeah, this. Um, I love this game. You like this. I remember you liking this a lot when we played it. Yeah, I remember we did a in one of our podcasts, Rico, you did an explanation of Burgle Bros. And I never heard of it until you did it. And like it sounded amazing. I was like, this sounds really cool. And you brought it back one time when you came for Christmas or whatever, and we played it, and I was like, this is just so much fun. It's it's true, like you do your own thing. Yeah. You feel like your own person, you but I feel like I'm working with you guys. I'm not just doing my own thing. I feel like I'm working with you guys, but no one's telling me like go do this. This is the best move to do. It's kind of like I I think I think I should go here, but like do you guys see anything better? And it's like I I feel like you have options as to like how you want to want to play it, and it's tense when you got the guard running around and everything. And I just I really enjoy um, Burgle Bros. Uh, I think I need to give this one another shot because I, sh by all accounts, I should love this game. Um, and I kind of I thought it was fine. Burgle Brothers Two gets here in weeks. It's gonna be great. I, Is it gonna I be here by the time we get out there? Up and it looked like there was like LED lights on it or something. <laughs> on like their tower. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's. I don't think that's standard, but oh, okay. Vince, the box is like a little van, and it opens up, and it has little stilts on the bottom of it, and it makes the second floor. As a part Jesus. of the box now, that's <laughs> yeah. sick. It looks a little much, but I can't wait. That's so. Uh, all right, well, we are now twenty-seven. My twenty-seven is uh, uh, in honor of Z-Man, Izzle of Skizzle. Nice. 
Alice Sky by one Alexander Fister. Dude, I love this game. I remember fighting with you guys so much about why this is not Castles of Mad King Ludwig and why it's better. This is super cool. Uh, for a while there, I was on a big tile lane kick. And I still enjoy that mechanism. Um, but this one just did it in such a cool way where you kind of start with nothing and kind of there's so much interaction with the players around you. And I just love the idea of pricing things where by the end, it's just like, all right, I'm just going to price this at 30 coins and see if somebody actually fucking pays for it. And then and, you lose all your coins because no one's willing to. Exactly. <laughs> or you price something and you and then like, you don't do them like, cause you could do the math correctly and realize, Oh wait, if they buy this for 20, they're actually going to net 10 more points because it's such a powerful tile for them. Um, I love this game. Super, super cool. Very uh, memorably uh, unable to teach the expansion multiple times <laughs> to Rico and Bus. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't played. <laughs> I haven't, the expansions are good. <laughs> I haven't played it. I haven't played with the expansions. This is this is just base Izzy of Skizzy for me. Uh, Alfie twenty seven. My twenty seven is Caverna the Cave Farmers. <laughs> This Dude, is my last. Hands off for fucking Uve. This, this is my did last not make Rosenberg my list. On my and list. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wait, what am I saying? Me, me too. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you have any above this. Um, yeah, I just, I really enjoy this game. I think it's, I think it, for some reason it's considered like a heavy game. But I'm not quite sure why, because it's really just like a point salad like worker placement, you know? Like pick a spot, everything, helps, everything gives you a point in the game. Um, but it's yeah, it's just it's fun. It's easy, right? This this Alfie, upgrade, they were referring to the they were referring to the oh, weight the, man, the, the, the actual <laughs> the actual heaviness. Yeah, sure. Um, this and Agricola like, compare because a lot. for some reason this game plays up to seven people. Yes, and they have like four extra Whoa. boards in order to uh, accommodate that. Um, yeah, yeah, this this gets compared to Agricola, and I think Agricola's whole thing is that it's so harsh and it's like difficult to survive yeah. in Caverna like he was like okay let me make the same game give you a few more options and make it incredibly easy I'm gonna I'm gonna take away kind of the difficulties yeah. of like if you want to make food right because the whole thing you got to feed your dwarves or whatever if you want to make food in Caverna you can do it literally whenever you want oh I could get this sheep yeah I'm gonna convert it to a food right right now before you know before it even comes on my board or whatever so he just took and he made like an easy version of Agricola and it's fun it feels good to look at your board at the end of it, and you got all the you got these ruby mines, and you got all these sheep sitting out um, in your pastures, and uh, you know like four pumpkin crops, and it's just um, it's just a fun game. So yeah, it's my number twenty-seven, Caverna. Dude, Alicia, first time you played, fucking won it with the sheep. Nice, mm. uh, dude. I love this game. I think you said something there that I, I think is a very good point, Alfie, and that is this game is just fun, dude. I think it's heavy because it's a long game. It's a I don't know I don't think you can do this game quickly. Like like Keyflower you can knock out in like forty minutes if you if you can. You're not gonna get this under an hour and a half two hours. What well, I did two players. So I played a player recently and it was. I don't think that's what makes it heavy quick. though. Oh okay. So I, I've only played this those, at like three or four. Yeah, those first rounds they go very quickly and you have to spend actions to get new dwarves. Mm -hmm. So like but, that's going on. It, it, there's just a multitude of options. I think that's why it's so fun is 
excuse me, people call it a people call it a sandbox game. And I mean, it really is. It fits that definition better than maybe anything else I have in my collection. It's like, you can ignore, there's like, there's like a hundred buildings in the game and like, you're going to build like four. (laughs) So build your entire strategy. Even in Hallertown, I think you can kind of get blocked out of certain spaces where you really want to go. Yeah, definitely. Um, Not in a very punishing way, but, but, but you definitely can. In Caverna, like, fuck, I want to go there. I can't. There's these 60 other places I can go, though. But, well, no, um, I think even more You're never, like, I, I never felt, like... Go ahead, go ahead, finish. I never felt like I couldn't do what I wanted to do in Caverna. Like, like whatever strategy I had, I felt like I was able to do it without being blocked. And if I didn't do it that turn, I did something else, and then I did it the next turn. I agree, and I think that the biggest reason that is is because of the adventures that your dwarves can go on. Where you're like, alright, I'll get a sheep oh, and man. a pumpkin, and I'll furnish a cavern this turn. You know, it's like you did three completely yeah, so different this things my- by going on an adventure instead of going to one spot and getting 12 wood. This was my introduction to Z-Man playing Caverna, and he didn't build anything. All he did was go on adventures. So all the so he, like, racked up these amazing amount of points, but at the end he lost a million of them, and he, like, I think he's, he ended up losing by a couple. But, like... He literally just focused on adventures and was able to just like come so close to winning in proper Z-Man fashion. Okay, my 27 is Orleone, which is, I guess, for me at least, I consider it to be half a competitive game, half a cooperative game because the expansion, Orleone's Invasion, is one of the best, heavier cooperative experiences that, that I've had. Um, it's a bag builder, which you know I think it was one of the first early bag builders. Um, and you're popping stuff out of your bag, and you can place them onto your board. And when you have the right combination of little discs, then you can do an action. But what's fun about it is you can leave um, spaces incomplete. So if you have two of the three things you need to pull from your bag, you can like deposit stuff and leave them out there for future turns. Um, it's got that same you know deck building addictiveness to it. You're adding stuff to your bag. And you're you're thinking about the probabilities and the possibilities of what's going to come out. Um, the competitive game is fun; it's it's really good. But the cooperative one is it's exceptional because you each have a very unique, very difficult personal goal, and then you have this board that everyone's contributing to with like goals that just seem unattainable all the way around. <laughs> it's like get fifty gold, add all of these workers there, <laughs> and like you look at it and you're like, there's no way we could do the board. Plus, each of us have our own crazy, like, you know, personal goal. So there's a ton of balancing and you have to, like, you you have to ride the wave, right? So like this bag building mechanism where you add to your bag and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Pretty soon you can do anything. But then in the cooperative one, you have to get rid of all of your shit. So then you're, you have to perfectly time where it is you you plateau and then when you plummet down and you're just dumping everything if you wait too long then you'll never you won't have enough time to dump everything but if you dump too early then you won't have built up enough to actually win so it's it's a it's a great puzzle um and i think that cooperative version is why it's still on my list nice alfie you play this one i haven't this is another game on rico's list that i would love to play someday I think it was so it was that it was, it was, me, it was and, that 2015, it was me and Bustin that played it with you, Rico. It was the 2015 yeah. trip you brought yeah. it back, and like that was when we played like Gallerist and Blood Rage and Burgle Bros, and you played Orleone, and I wasn't yep. there for that one. 
Right. Yeah, it's me and Bus and, and Rico in proper fashion said, don't worry about the buildings. But you should worry about the buildings. Yeah, so for five you years I've should. been wanting to play this game um, and, and still haven't, just so you guys know. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't worry. <laughs> now, Alfie twenty six. Um, I I won't offer you Car- Carnival Monsters when you come. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that, dude. That's a good game. All right, uh, my twenty. Hold on, fuck you. My twenty six is Carnival Monsters. It's <laughs> not on my list. Uh, my twenty six <laughs> is when we was on Benz's list last last episode, and that is Great Western Trail. Nice, this is, yeah. yeah, this is the, play. The, this is the Fister game I love. Um, I think it's the only one I, I really, really, really enjoy. Uh, and I really like all of it. I like how you have to choose like which path you want to go down at, at times. Um, there are like hard decisions you have to make of like, okay, do I want to have to give up six in taxes or do I want to pay my opponent two coins? And sometimes you know like that two coins is really gonna help them. And so you go through the um, hazards or whatever, but yeah, I just I I really enjoy uh, <laughs> the deck building aspect of this game, the like rondel movement you're moving through. Yeah, it's just I, I think it's a blast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously you guys know I love this game. Uh, Rico, are we talking about this later for you? Uh, no, I've only played it twice, I think, and I just I feel like not enough to you know, cement its position for me yet. That's, that's fair. fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, all right. Uh, my 26 is the highest Martin Walls game on my list, and that is Wildlands. Uh, Wildlands is, is, is... It's one of those ones that's like, that is fun in a box, man. That is so cool. It is super easy to play, despite what we were talking about earlier. Um, you can play all these different factions. You can... Everyone kind of acts a little bit differently. But the me- the mechanisms of it are are all very similar. The artwork's gorgeous. It, I don't know, man, it just works. It works so well as a system, and I've played quite a few Martin Wallace games recently. As I realized that somehow I I think I own like seven of his games. Dude, the guy knows yeah. how to use card play yeah, very good. well and very innovative in different games. Uh, we played Mythotopia recently, which is fucking fabulous. And I think Wildlands is an interesting... I don't know if it's an evolution of that, but, like, that that kind of... It, utilizing your card play to affect a board um, is, is really, really cool. I I wish Wildlands hit the table more, but it doesn't. I've had a blast, though, every time I've played it. It's really, really cool. I have two of the expansion armies, and, I don't know, I'll buy whatever the fuck comes out with that one. Okay, a couple questions. Um... It's kind of a hard teach, right? And I know you have that story of Chase who just could not learn the game to save his life. Yeah. But when, when I think of Wildlands, I compare it a lot to like head-to-head games, you know, whether it's uh, Unmatched or some other, you know... Boys of War. Some sure. other game. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So, so do you think Wildlands is better at two or three and four? I think it's better at three and four. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I have more fun of it with it at three and four for sure. I was considering playing it with uh, with Ryan when he was here, but kind of had the same feeling, right? I popped out the rule book and was like reading it. And as much as I love it, I was like, I don't know how much fun it's going to be with just the two of us. Because since the game technically isn't about killing your other guy. Right. So much fun is like people getting caught up in fighting and then swooping in, grabbing that diamond 
and like yeah. fleeing. Like those are really fun moments. Yeah. Or, or swooping like, in and stealing kills. <laughs> or that too. Like you I won't, the one that we played when you were here, you had this owl who could like fly in and do some bullshit and then fly away. <laughs> and like I think it was bus. I can't remember if it was bus or Zena, and they were just getting so upset at you every time. Definitely bus. <laughs> Uh, anyways, that's Wildlands, my 26. Rico, what do you got? Oh, sorry. Okay, my 26 is another, gosh, I guess, uh, Euro game set in France. (laughs) 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 I didn't think I was going to be saying that in this podcast. (laughs) Uh, Hansa Teutonica. Nice. Um, Very nice. So finally being able to play this, even though we stopped it short, I am dying for that big box, and it's unavailable on fucking Amazon. It's an it's an excellent game. Um, it's so mean, it's so cutthroat, but it's so much fun to play. And I, I feel like people's feelings don't get hurt as much as I was led to believe when uh, when I was first taught it. Um, but like, you have to build these little routes, um, and you put your workers out there. And when you connect two locations, you then take them off, and you you get to do an actual ability. But you can't really drop all the cubes that you need to to connect those routes. So you drop some down, and the next person has a decision to say, like, I'm too, should I drop my cubes on that route and just screw that person or do something that's actually beneficial to me? Um, so it, it, it's more cutthroat than, than most Euro games that I have or have played. But, boy, it's this, like, streamlined, elegant game that is efficient and is really satisfying to play. Um like it's got like two pages of rules and no fluff in there and but yet it is it is strategically extremely complex. Yeah, um This is sick. I could you back Stroganoff? No, I did not. Okay. Yeah, is that his? It's his, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Alfie, any thoughts? Have you played this one? No. I know it. So, so I, I know uh, it just Rico, came this, back with the uh, the like re-release or whatever, right? In the big box. Um, right. All right. Well, we'll add it to the list. So, Rico, when we go visit Alfie in Minnesota, we'll play this because I doubt he's going to come to Nashville to visit you. <laughs> All right, twenty-five. Alfie, go twenty-five. Grand Astoria Hotel. Wow! I actually thought this would be higher. I thought it me would be too. two. I thought it would be two. Uh, don't you, get me wrong. You, you, I, this you was, talk about you thought it was a bit. Yeah, I do. Um, and remember, I told you my like super convoluted ranking method. Um, and some games no, no, fell um, which, a little which, lower than I thought go, they would. Go to, wait, at this point, what is that? Three episodes back. Listen, go ahead and listen to it and understand why this fucker put Scythe at forty-eight. <laughs> 45, yeah, but still. You're a victim to your own ranking algorithm. <laughs> it's, I know that's what happens. Um, but, yeah, no, Grand Church Ushery Hotel, it is always a blast. I played it at its best of two, admittedly. I played it at four. <laughs> nice. It was long. I think I even said, like, next time I was like, maybe you guys play at three and I'll, like, help people. Like, I'll just, I'd re- like, that's how much I love this game. I'll sit and I'll watch other people play it and, like, help them along and, like, describe what, you know, the different symbols mean or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's so much fun. 
every part of it I really enjoy. I enjoy trying to like find combos that work with your staff and um, the way everything kind of just falls together sometimes. Uh, yeah. Grand Astro Hotel. Nice, man. Uh, uh, Rico, for for reference, Root hit my 68. And, man, whoa, wow. I don't know where Grand Astro Hotel landed because I feel like it's not. It's too low. If I'm already in the hundreds, I don't see it yet. Wow. Did you not add it to your list? Yikes. I, I mean, maybe I didn't. Um, I, I, I love this game, though. So the fact that it's not on my list doesn't mean that I don't love it. I, I really do. Uh, all right. Uh, Rico, 25. 25 is a newer game for me, which is The King's Dilemma. And I'm probably about two-thirds of the way done with my campaign. Maybe three-fourths. This is what you're playing, I mean, like, yeah, you love this game. Uh, yeah, when Ryan was here and and my game group. So there was, what is that, five of us? We played at the full five-player count. Yeah, this is a, a legacy game. Um, it actually suffers from something we talked about, I think, in the last podcast, um, where what you're reading in this game doesn't always match up um, chronologically. Sure, right? like it's, sure. It's pretty scatterbrained. And so, and so what happens in this um events will occur and you open an envelope and it has like this big event that happens and then you'll add three or four supporting cards so maybe you're going on a quest to uncover uh some buried treasure or there's conflict with a with a neighboring country and you have to decide if you're going to invade them um or whatever right like you have to make a decision about how you're going to grow your crops or something um and so then you add these three or four supporting cards that sort of further each of those individual storylines and that's shuffled up and that's called the dilemma deck and you draw the card and it has a little dilemma for you to do um and then you resolve it which is super super fun but it does harken back to you know what we were talking about earlier and sometimes you're just you're jumping around right it's like well we have to go stop this invasion the next card it's like okay pump the brakes guys we gotta solve the crop problem <laughs> and you draw the next card it's like okay back to that invasion remember that guys <laughs> So, you know, from a story perspective, it can hop all over, but at its core, solving these dilemmas is is really fun. And you each have a motive at the start of each game, and it changes, so you don't know what people are going to do. And it, I think my favorite part is to watch um, moral decisions kind of break down, right? You'll see these, like, people <laughs> nice. who you know would not think this in real life, but because their personal goal says hey, you want these tokens to be wherever at the end of the game. They're like, no, 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 fuck those guys. I want nothing to do with them. I'm voting completely against this. That's, That's cool. That's really cool. <laughs> and you're like, okay, get it. Playing into your card. But at the same time, it's still fun to see them not admit that it's their card and sort of role play against who they are. And it's it's really cool. Um, just such a good legacy game. In, yeah, I'm trying to man. Corey grows with you. Uh, awesome, awesome, man. Um, okay, my 25 is Cerebria, the Inside World. This is Very the cool. Designers of Chikirion follow-up, uh, which we should see Perseverance this year to see if they can do, go three for three. Dude, I love Cerebria. This, this, I don't know, this might be as hard to teach as Chikirion. Like, it is It is a rough teach. It is easily a 30 to 40 minute, or 30 to hour teach. There's a lot going on. I think it's a two-player game. I I've never, I've only played it two players. I've never tried it at at um at teams, at two v two. 
but I love it. It is so cool. It is it is so unique in its theme, where you're essentially warring um, emotions, um, dark and light, more or less, and the it's this weird area control mixed with all this other stuff, and I don't know. I couldn't even get into it at, at this point because it's so fucking complicated. But it's great, and once you get into it, like a couple turns in, it just—it's one of those ones. It just sinks. A couple turns in, me and Z-Man were just fucking going at it, and it was awesome. And we both understood exactly what we were doing and moving. It's gorgeous. And, oh my god! I don't know. I I love this game so much, and I think that I'm of us. I I am searching for unique experiences, and this one gives it to me. Whether I think that's always been the case. Like I've always been on the lookout for like the strange and the weird. And, you know, I'm buying, I'm the one that's like, I want to buy the game directly from the publisher because that's the only place you can buy it from. Yeah, uh, Cerebi is cool. Rico, I don't, th- have either of you played this yet? No. This one's, mm-hmm. this, yeah, I, I love this one. I'm curious to see what you guys think, if it's just me being on high because, like, it was really cool. But Cerebia, it, it, it made a mark on me. I really, really enjoyed it. That's my 25. All right. We are zooming through these guys. Uh, we're ready for 24. Let's do it. We got 20 minutes. Let's do it. Cool. With my 24, I'm going to go ahead and go. It's another big box, another big freaking Kickstarter. This game, I fucking love to death, and I think this will actually climb into my top 20 pretty soon. This is Court of the Dead, Mourner's Call. Nice. Uh, I love this game. This game, <laughs> it's funny. For how big and how massive it is and how beautiful it is, what Rico you played, it's like a forty-five hour long game. <laughs> Minute. Like yeah. all of a sudden the game's over. <laughs> yeah. Like it's absolutely it's not a difficult setup, but there's a lot of pieces in there because there's so many miniatures. So it's a decent setup. And then the game's over. And I don't besmirch it for that, but it is one of those games where you need to preface the players, hey, you gotta figure out your shit quickly. Cause if like it's one of those games, turn one matters a lot. Love this game, super super fun. Uh, along with, I don't think I think Montana didn't make it, but like Montana, Montana's like a thirty minute euro, which you have to explain to people. Dude, think about the game from turn one. Um, Court of the Dead, you don't have a time to build up your engine. You need to go from turn one, and it is great. There's not really take that, but there is this like cool area control where. Um, someone can kind of take over influence at a certain position, which can kind of fuck you over, but it's it's never that big of a deal. No. Love this game. Rico, and you played this once, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm i on the fence on whether I like it, and probably because it was over so quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, but but I can say, sign me up for, for another play. Yeah, and, and it's funny because I remember the same thing happened with Montana. I told you, Montana's like, game. You're like, okay, whatever. And then Bus is like, yeah, I'm ending this next turn. And you're like, no, you're not. And he did and won. And you're like, oh, shit. You were kidding. And I was like, I wasn't. Yeah. All right, that's my own. Love it to death. That's my 24. Where you at, Rico? All right, my 24 was already on your list, and that's Alchemist. Uh, I love deduction-style games. I mean... So I don't we really all have do, right? Like that's just like that's has that always been our thing? Did did I miss yeah. this somewhere? I don't know. I think they just kind of like started slipping in. Um But yeah, I, I, not that many of them are on my list, to be frank. Um so Sherlock Holmes, maybe Chronicles of Crime, like Watson and Holmes. I really like some of those aren't on my list, but just the idea of solving something 
like figuring out a puzzle um, is is just so satisfying. And Alchemist, you know, is a, a long drop dice favorite. Um, it combines a lot of stuff that I already really like. Um, and you know, the app and all that stuff works well. And that was that was a game changer. Oh, I, it, it proved that it wasn't a gimmick because it's a it's an intelligent algorithm that you need the app to actually play the game. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know what else is to say. Um, we, we all love this game. Uh, Alfie, what's your 24? My 24 is Forbidden Stars. Yes. <laughs> wait, wait, no. On one play, yeah. you got your ass kicked. Yeah. Um, I don't think I got wow. ass. I think Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's... Um, yeah, and I think part of it's like, I'm, I'm never going to play this game again. Because it's completely out of print. Uh, Samuel Bailey's like working on like a spin-off, basically. Like, uses his old with similar mechanisms. But, like, I think that game's, like, going through all sorts of, like... He's basically creating it in, like, a BGG forum for Forbidden Stars. So, uh, we'll see how that turns out. But, yeah, no, this game is... Uh, I love everything about it, really. I love that I was able to get completely played turn after turn. Um... I think there's so much cool stuff here, and I wish so badly that I had it, but it is what it is. So yeah, that's my number twenty-four for Ben Stars. Um, wow, I uh, I don't know how much I enjoyed this game. Yeah, I don't. You this didn't, might you really be... like this game that much. You were, you said no, afterwards, but like, looking ever back ever on it, this might again. be top ten, top ten most memorable experiences. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Um, dude, seeing you and Zimahin stand up and, like, fucking roll dice, like, throwing cards down, I have pictures of that. That that was awesome. I love that part. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I am so, I don't know. I'm so, I, I think this fits with you so well. I, I'm so happy it's here. Guys, um, those of you who are listening, actually, it's a whole podcast about this and how much Alfie loved it, which he leads the conversation uh, in our feed. You can go ahead and go back through it. I'm sure it's in one of the first years. Uh 24. This is higher than Scythe. Yeah, well, there's like 20 games higher than Scythe at this point, and another 23 to come. So, I've only I've only played it once. What's up? I've only played it once. I also love this game. Yeah, I've never owned it. Oh, all right. Okay, so okay, so Alfie, what you're telling me is for Christmas you want me to find a copy of Forbidden Stars. It's like 200 bucks, I think. Um, but yeah, if you, if you want to, sure. All right, Rico, uh, what's your 23? All right, my 23 is um, a game that I haven't actually played since I played with Alfie, which I think when I played it with you, Alfie, it was probably in my top 10 of all time. It's fallen a bit, but only because it's kind of a bitch to get to the table. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of doling out these clues to see if you can guess what it is before I say the name of it. I'm not sure. Did uh, you it, and I play it? No, no. There were more. Um, it will take up more than, uh, it'll take up your entire table. It will take you an entire day to play. Tricurion. Close. Uh, this is Mage Knight. Mage Knight! Oh! oh yes. <laughs> wow! Didn't that so, take us like seven hours when we played? It took us forever. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about seven hours, but, uh, I mean, I mean, we'll definitely, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later for sure. For um, sure. Amazing. Mage Knight is amazing. You play Mage Knight and you want to take a nap afterwards, but you probably can't take a nap because it's probably dark outside, so you got to go to bed. No, it's morning already. <laughs> like, you have to go to work. Mage Knight is like the game where, like, I want to move here, and you're like, oh, you can't because 
movement is this difficult. It's 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 a brilliant game. I it mean, the deck building game. components that are there, um, are are wonderful. Like so so satisfying. Uh, the hand management that you have to do on every turn, every single turn that you do is a unique puzzle, which I which I love. Right, like yeah. you have these. You got your hand. And you will think through, well, what if I play this card and then this card can go after it and then I can combo this card, right? And then everyone takes their turn after that and you've got a slightly different hand of, you know, five cards and you have the same exact brand new puzzle that's fresh in your mind of, well, now the entire board state is different and the cards that I have are slightly different. So I have to rethink all of that, but it's not frustrating. Like that puzzle is very, very satisfying to do. Wow. Dude, awesome twist. I am surprised this isn't higher. I, I, I think it's fallen because a lot of games, right? Um, and I, I was talking to you guys um, outside of this podcast about Trickerion, which probably would have been in my top, you know, X, um, definitely 50 a year or two ago. But, but some of these games with these really heavy roll sets, I, I do find harder and harder and harder not to justify but like harder and harder to keep on my on my list because i love these games that can deliver the the thought provoking the crunchiness the decision making and i don't have to spend you know an entire day reading the rule book to to get up to scratch about so this one unfortunately has the rule book that you'll spend an entire day on and then when you teach it you will still this up. is uh, yeah, this is like feudal level complicated. It's not intuitive yeah. at all. The, the uh, way you play and everything. It's, it, is it is not it's, intuitive it's at all. Teach. This is not. In, it's hard it's to learn. S- it's hard to teach, and it's hard to like stay on track with it. This is not a Stonemeyer game. Oh, speaking of which, um, uh, Ben, do you your twenty-three? <laughs> speaking of which, my twenty-three is tapestry. Nice. <laughs> um, tapestry. I don't. I don't know how much I need to go on about this, but like someone said at one point, this is like a tech tree as a game. It's actually yeah, a pretty insightful commentary on on what the game is. Uh, I love the game though so much. I I feel like there's a lot going on there. He, he calls it a civ game, and I don't know how much I agree with that, but I do like the interplay between the different boards that you have, the different races that you can get, and and how how important it is to draft as many cards as you can, so that when you do have to play those tapestry cards that they're as impactful as they are um this is a game that i've played uh, only i think i've played it this game four times and it's one that i don't feel that i've even scratched the surface of what you can do with this game it feels infinitely replayable in terms of how different each game can play every time i've played it whatever race i've had has been pretty different and i know he's even like edited the races down a little bit yeah, and then I have the expansion, which I haven't touched. Yeah, like this game is is so much fun. I, I mean, Jamie's he's great, and I think I enjoy this more than Charterstone. This is a super super fun game. I don't know if it's quite a Civ like he wants it to be, but it's it is a solid solid game. Well, it's, it's, and it's civilization themed game, that, right? You are, you are building a civilization. It's just not the way you normally do in games, I guess. But but then again, it's like. You are you developing technologies. Those technologies give you points and bonuses and resources as you develop them. You're right. moving up these tracks that are the the four different you know science, technology, exploration, military, and those all give you certain bonuses 
and the further you go up on them, the more powerful you are with those various things. So I, I don't know. I think I think it would fall yeah. under a civilization game. But uh, yeah, I think that's I think Tapestry is oh. a really interesting, well designed streamlined I'm, game. I'm, uh, last thing I want to say before Alfie, we get to your twenty three is I love the way this game ramps, where by the end of the game, where you're take, playing your tapestry card, you're getting crazy amounts of points each time. Yeah, and that's always a lot of fun. I mean, like po- like getting points is fun. I, I I have to say one thing, like to this game's absolute benefit, is that the civilizations that he designed are. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they yeah. are so unique, so yeah. unique. And the ones that come out in in the expansion are like when I got the expansion and cracked the box, I thought to myself, well, I'm you know, maybe these like these civilizations are gonna be pretty derivative of what we've already seen. No, because how can you have such new and you know, game breaking abilities? And they they really are. Like every civilization that is here is is really fun to dig into. Um, it just a phenomenal job on that aspect of it. Yeah, solo work by Jamie. Um, okay, so twenty three, real quick, is um, it's a genre of games because I don't know them well enough to differentiate them, and that's the eighteen XX, the train business games. And I think oh, nice. the business side of this is what I find so interesting, rather than the um, the train side of it. I don't really care much about trains and laying tracks and stuff like that, but I do enjoy business and stocks specifically, and there are two different types of 18xx uh, kind of broad umbrellas and you have the operational games 1846 comes to mind where you were trying to invest in a good company and then run that company really well and that's kind of it then you have the stock games where there's much more shenanigans with um buying and selling shorting companies um privates miners uh something like 1817 would come to mind that's a big new one um that's come out recently 1830 i think it's the big like old one of those but I, um, I really want to like explore these games a little bit more with um, what they offer, and I know that they have uh, a website that allows for like asynchronous play on it. It's like a really like streamlined, ugly website or whatever. It's in black and white, but it you're able to play it, and so I, I think I'd be interested. That's fitting to the game, though. Yeah, exactly right. I think I'd be interested in exploring that, especially that asynchronous play allows for, like, you know, you take a turn a day or whatever instead of um, having to sit down for six hours to play a game. Uh, But that's my 23 was the 18xx you, I love how you used the the term, it comes to mind as if we've played any 18xx games uh, sure. i know you yeah, guys I mean, haven't. As a group, I know you haven't but i'm telling it's a big you it's a big this. black void and yeah we'll have to we'll have to no, I, that, I think right? it'd be great to like about a website we'll play it'll be fun well listen if i if i don't have an 18xx sherpa i would not delve into it so i i feel as though we might have a sherpa here which is like kind of intriguing you know yeah yeah um, no, I'd, nice. I'd, I'd, I'd right. love to. I'd love to get some of that in with you guys. Real quick, my twenty-two is Steamworks. Steamworks is a game that I feel like we are the. It's another one of those like DCD games. Where I feel like we're the only ones who champion this. Um, I love this game. You you build your own action spaces that other people can go to, and when they go to those, you get resources. Like Steamworks is super solid. It's one of those ones where I've always wished for an expansion, and I feel like TMG is just never going to give it to me. But that's mine yeah. 22. Well, they're not going to be around much longer, so I'm going to follow in Ben's suit, and it's going to be Steamworks uh, from Tasty Minstrel. 
it's literally an nice. engine builder, uh, and you are um, building a system, and you're trying to make the best system that everybody wants to go to because that'll give you points, right? And you want to be efficient, and you want to add on to it, and it is um, it's fun. Every like person has their different power. You got those uh, variable variable starting powers. That's interesting. Um, and I think the game just actually moves pretty smoothly once you kind of get the hang of it. Uh, you then have a lot more options of where to go. Uh, but I just I find this game to always be really, really interesting. It, it plays out similar, right? As far as like what the person who wins does is going to be similar. But so there aren't like a million ways to win. There's kind of one way, one general strategy you want to run, but who doesn't, how they do it can be different. And so uh, I find that really interesting right. in this game. Awesome. Rico, 22. All right. My 22 is Grand Osteria Hotel. Ooh. Ooh. That's a big one. Love this game. Which is a, another huge miss from your list, Benz. It, it is a huge miss. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's on here. Um, so this game is the best breakfast and coffee board game I think that exists. Ooh, I um, like the sound of that. Right? Like, like this game like elicits that feeling. And I've had a couple of moments where, you know, we've woken up and made breakfast and made a pot of coffee and played this as the board game of choice. And man, it elicits that that feeling. Like you're you're playing it, you're this, you know, you're you're running this hotel and you're giving people coffee and wine and mm -hmm. putting them into these rooms and like doing this and that. And it just is got almost this like cathartic feeling to it yeah. you know as you're as you're figuring out this this medium weight euro puzzle but again that theme fits so well with my saturday mornings that like when i wake up on a saturday or sunday morning and brew a pot of coffee i want to play grand Oscar hotel i think it's the best morning game the best two-player game oh i think i think you hit on it right there i think grand Oscar hotel is the best two-player game that isn't only for two players. So right. It's up to four, right? Yeah. But it is perfect at two. Perfect at two and runs incredibly well. It is, yeah, I think it's the best two-player game that is not an only two-player game. All right, awesome. Uh, Rico, let's stick with you for your number 21. All right, my number 21 is Mission Red Planet. No way! Uh, what can I say? I like Mars. <laughs> <laughs> but I also really like um, action selection as a as a mechanism. I don't have many games that have that. Spoiler: there might be one a little higher on this list. No. Um, but Ooh. I just think it's super fun to like have those revolving uh, roles that you get to select and and you know know what you want to take in the future and what benefits you the most right now. And like it's just such interesting decisions when you're doing. Um, action selection and i think mission red planet does it in a light-hearted manner in a game that doesn't take six hours um to add more that's a good point that's <laughs> what point. that game is <laughs> yeah exactly um and like i get to i get to scratch that itch of a really fun mechanism you know in in a short amount of time and you get to blow shit up it's cool yeah i, I think it's a fun game uh alfie how do you feel about this one i i hate mission red planet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gonna, yeah, you do. If I was going to list some of my least favorite games, this would be a probably top five, top ten. Not because it's a bad design game or anything, but like I just uh, freaking hate it. It's 
I've talked about this many times on the podcast, but one of my least favorite things is when I'm doing my own thing, I'm, I'm like building something up and I have a, a plan and someone else yeah. can come and just like rip it out from under me. I hate that. <laughs> and that's what that game is. It's like, oh, I'm going to shoot your rocket to nowhere. Like, you know, it's like, I, I hate that part of that game, which it's interesting, Ben, you just, um, you got Merchant's Cove this week. And I'm, that has, yeah. the, the reason I didn't back that game is because it has that same kind of thing with the boats. You can kind of right. choose like, oh, I'm going to have this boat going to your dock and it's not at all what you want or whatever. Um, that's the only reason like I didn't, because Merchant's Cove looks really cool. And, but I am curious to see how it compares to Mission Red Planet with that one aspect of it. But yeah, so still, uh, I, I, I want to come in and defend my number 21 go for very it. quickly, which go is to it. say Merchant's Cove is going to take two to three hours to play. Like just you're never going to play that game in less time than that, I, I, I suspect. And many other games uh, like that, I wouldn't like because you're investing a lot of time to build that thing, right? You're building an army yeah. and then you have you have 15 ships and you're going against two little interceptors. And somehow, improbably, because it's, you know, it's, that's how luck works when you're rolling dice. Right. Uh, a fleet of two destroys the 15 that you spent the last two hours building, and you're just, like, defeated. Stuff like that is so demoralizing. But in Risen Red Planet, like, you spent one turn. You spent two minutes putting your ships on a rocket that were going to launch, and then right. the next turn they blow up. And it's like, ah, right. you know, I spent no amount of time on this. So that's for me, point. the stakes are low. My feelings, my investment, you know, in, in like my plans getting sort of derailed is, is low as well. I Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I would be curious if I ever did somehow have to play this game again. I would love to make it a more social experience where it is. It's like start yeah. de- deal-making and, hey, you don't send this one where I want to and I'll, I'll hook you up next turn, you know, something like that where um, I'm, I am starting to look forward to games where you have a little bit more of that table talk and that's an aspect yeah. within the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe we just don't start it at 1 a.m. when you're not sick. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Uh, my number 21 is Scoville. Uh, Scoville, more more TMG for me on, on this list here. Uh, I think Steamworks was my last one, so it's just like back-to-back. Uh, dude, love Scoville, love the expansion. It's a very, very interesting, I guess, Euro game kind of resource management, and you got to, like, fulfill orders. Uh, the set collection, mechanism right? of walking around the field trying yeah I guess yeah technically right because you want to collect better and better peppers to make better peppers uh, the peppers are super super cool pieces um, Rico was and uh, was nice enough to create meeples for each and every member of the drop the dice team so now when we play Scoville if you go back and look at some of the old posts it's us as we walk around that field and it just looks so cool to see Bus and Z-Man walking around in tank tops growing peppers um, you have to give credit to Andy for that. <laughs> nice way to go, Andy. Uh, but the, I don't know. It's just it's just a fun game. I I love this one. I um, I don't hear much about it anymore. Like it, at one point, it was, it was it had some heat behind it, but no, no one seems to it seems to kind of fall by the wayside. I think Tasty Minstrel fell cool. by the wayside, as we've talked about before. Seriously, bro. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. I think I think. But uh, that's some, my twenty-one. So something I love about Scoville is, like you said, that movement where you're like moving between the different like crops, the pepper crops, and whatever you yeah. go between, you like plant or pick up or whatever. That's really interesting. I would love to see that in more games used in like a different theme or something like that because I find that part of the game the most compelling. Right. I mean, how many games do we play where we're planting crops? And this one, a you're lot. actually. 
moving right but in this one you're moving the farmer in a specific way in order to plant those crops and i think that that's pretty cool because you don't really usually when you're planting a crop you take your cool little crop meeple and put it on on the on the field this you're actually like kind of move the you know the, the act is you're moving the guy around in, in a very specific way so we kind need, of an uh, interesting mechanic we need, we need to combine that mechanism with hallertau's like the crop rotation Let's get yeah, those yeah, yeah. two in the in the same game. That would be sweet. Nice. Um, Hallertown, which, innovative. Uh, yeah, <laughs> super innovative. Uh, all right, Alfie, what's uh, what's your twenty one? Let's wrap this one up. Watergate, a little two player, nice man, head to head. Washington Post versus Richard Nixon. Super fun game. I first played this with Rico, um, and it was just a blast. I think I was Nixon, and he had me. I mean, he had me by the balls the whole game. He was just yeah. smashing me left and right, <laughs> blocking every angle I could get to. And I was able to, like, clutch, pull out just the last, like, momentum token, the fourth or fifth momentum token or whatever it was that, that helped me um, get that victory. But I liked how much I felt like I was behind and still felt like the decisions I had mattered, which too often in games, right? It's like, oh, I'm behind. I can't really do anything to catch you. So my last turn or two was kind of a waste or whatever. But... It's still, I felt that game was close um, and interesting up to the very end. Yeah. Nice. I think it, it hits a lot of why, like, um, Seven Wonders Duel is successful because it yeah. actually makes you feel like it's strategic in 30 minutes, which games okay. just pretend that they're strategic. Right. <laughs> if they have that short of a play time, right? And, like, this game, you actually can can make meaningful decisions, change outcomes, and it's not just, like, you're getting lucky every single time to win. Right. Awesome. So that was our 30 through 21. Uh, we will be back as we push forward on into the top 20 of our best cardboard Ooh, games of all time. Exciting. This is, this is, this is awesome, guys. All right. Uh, Bus, I know you're across the pond, but if you can play us out, that'd be great. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Drop the Dice. We'll see you next week.